You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you all are doing great out there. A lot to get to ahead on this Monday edition. We're going to talk about what we took away from the USC win for BYU football after re-watching the game. Our film review Monday continues on. We'll also talk about what to make of BYU basketball and their latest win over the University of Utah. We also learned the fate of the BYU women's volleyball program. The number four team in the country is going to host the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament. We'll explain who they're going to face and how things will proceed from there. So a lot to get to ahead on today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. All right, without further ado, let's dive on in on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 29th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great out there, wherever you might be out there in Cougar Nation. And what a weekend if you're a BYU fan. A whole lot of winning, no loss November accomplished. Just incredible what BYU sports has done and the tra- the trajectory that seemingly the entire athletic department is on right now. And it's obviously led by the BYU football program. And as is customary here on Mondays in season, we talk about what we learned from the latest win or latest game, I guess I should say. Sometimes there's losses. But the latest win for BYU over USC, winning at 35-31. to I rewatched the game yesterday, jotted down some notes, and wanted to share those with you guys. So let's dive on into that. Uh, first things first, it was actually the very first play of the game, the kickoff, BYU kicking off. How big was uh, Talmadge Gunther and Malik Moore chasing down Gary Bryant Jr. on the opening kickoff return that he seemingly had broken open? Had he scored that and it was a touchdown, that's four points that BYU would have needed. It would have been a 35-35 ball game. And let's also say that, hey, you don't know how things are ultimately going to play out, but still, it that loomed pretty large in the final margin of this victory for BYU. So something to absolutely pay attention to, but... I just I looked at that play and said, okay, well, from the very first play, it impacted the ultimate outcome of this game, and BYU's kick return coverage needs to be sharpened. Uh, that's the thing about this is special teams has had some breakdowns for BYU. They need to figure that out, and obviously they have some time now to get guys a little more dialed in, figure things out, and hopefully go back and review the film and figure out what they need to do there. Guys that stood out to me on defense for BYU in this game, pretty simple. Max Tooley was just a man amongst boys out there making play after play play after play. He was everywhere. Like It just seemed like every time there was a big defensive play, number 31 was in on it or was making the play himself. So pretty phenomenal night for Max Tooley. I really like what I saw from him out there for the Cougars, filling in for Peyton Wilgar and Keenan Peely. He's not the same type of player as them, but he's doing his best to fill in for them. He finished with 13 tackles, tied with Ben Bywater for the team lead, had one and a half tackles for loss, so a really nice night for him. And BYU you, they absolutely needed his contributions along with Ben Bywater, the entire defense for that matter. Other guys on defense that stood out, Caleb 
Hayes, a really, really fine performance for him. He continues to get picked on. D'Angelo Mandel has kind of been that lockdown corner on the opposite side, but for some reason, teams decide that number 18 is the guy they're going to go after. And he had another great game out there for BYU. None bigger than that stop on fourth and five, tackling Gary Bryant Jr. a yard short of the line to gain. A huge, huge play there. We also had some big uh, pass breakups earlier on in the game, and I really, really like how Caleb Hayes has come along. This cornerback unit for BYU has not been healthy since literally the very first game. You guys all remember that uh, we they lost. Well, it wasn't Isaiah Heron. It was um, uh, Keenan Ellis who they lost in that first game against Arizona. And they kind of been scrambling ever since. But the good news is they found a nice rotation. Guys like Shimon Willis have come off the bench. They're also seeing Isaiah Heron and D'Angelo Mandel rotating in heavily. It's nice to see that depth paying off at the cornerback unit. And they're making plays. That's a very positive sign. I also liked what I saw from John Nelson along the defensive line. He's a young man who's come a long way. I was not as sold on him early on this season at defensive line, but he's grown on me. He had a really nice game, had a nice uh, deflected ball pass breakup at the line earlier on in that game, and I think he's coming along nicely. It's going to take some time for BYU's defensive line to get seasoned and to ultimately become the unit I think they envision they can be. But I do think they're coming along. And if they can get everybody healthy going into 2022, because that's what you're looking at at this point, the bowl game is kind of an afterthought on getting certain guys healthy. You just kind of just move on from that. But if you move forward, guys like John Nelson, if they continue to get in the weight room, kind of watch their film, learn from it, there's no reason to think they won't continue to improve and hopefully become kind of that next group. You remember Kyrus Tonga. You remember uh, the guys on the defensive line from last year, uh, Braden Elbakri, also Zach Daw, they were so good for so many years in a row. I think this next crew, including John Nelson, is going to take some time to develop, but once they, I feel like, get seasoned a little bit, it'll be a pretty good unit. So we'll we'll see how they develop. And then one other guy I felt like stood out was Ammon Hanneman, filling in in that uh, rover position that Chaz Ayu is vacated due to injury. I really thought Ammon Hanneman showed really well on film, making big plays, making tackles all over the film, all over the field, excuse me, on film. Uh, he finished with three total tackles in the game, but I thought he had a very fine outing for himself. I mentioned Caleb Hayes. He had three tackles as well. And then also uh, John Nelson, I believe only had the one pass breakup. Yeah, one pass breakup. No other stats for him in that game. Other things uh, I took away is there was a difference in the defensive philosophies in this game. BYU has very much been a bend-don't-break defense, and that's what they were in this game. I only saw them go with five-man pressures a handful of times. They went with a six-man pressure once or twice in this game, but BYU did not bring a lot of blitzes. They preferred to sit back and hopefully allow Jackson Dart to make a freshman mistake, which he ultimately did not make. That's a credit to that young man. Uh, But... USC, on the other hand, seven, eight-man pressures. They were blitzing, making life miserable for Tyler Algier. Kalani Satake said post-game that the reason why uh, they put Jackson McChesney in the game late is because Tyler was simply spent. You could tell. He was absolutely gassed. He has carried the ball a lot this year for BYU and has been an absolute workhorse. He finished with 21 carries for 111 yards. Really fine performance for him once again, but you could tell that towards the end of that game, he is reaching the end of his rope, and he has been absolutely phenomenal for the Cougars. On the season, he's totaled 249 carries. It's absolutely insane the number of times he has toted the rock. Uh, For example, last year in 2020, just 150 times. He's carried 100 more times, nearly 99 more times than he did in the entirety of the 2020 season. So he is getting a lot of work, and his body's held up relatively well. Now he gets some extra time off here between now and the bowl game, and hopefully they can get him 
feeling better. But USC, they brought pressure all night long. Jaron Hall absorbed a number of big hits, and it's kind of the difference in philosophy. USC preferred to force the pressure, force the action with blitzes, and really come after guys, trusting their back into their secondary to go one-on-one in coverage. BYU, on the other hand, did play some man, but by and large, a lot of zone coverage, sit back, drop seven, drop eight, and allow Jackson Dart to throw underneath and then rally to the tackle. It's just a kind of a difference in philosophy. I know that certain BYU fans out there probably probably prefer the philosophy that we talked about from USC, and I'm with you in some cases, but I also think that the drop seven, drop eight always has its... Uh, has its place in a game. I feel like you can do both things. Uh, ESPN was saying that Jaron Hall is considering an NFL jump. Okay, here's the thing. There's been a lot of talk about Kalani Satake potentially moving on from BYU. If Kalani were to move on from BYU, then I think that Jaron Hall actually might consider jumping to the NFL. If it is that Kalani sticks tight in Provo, I don't see Jaron Hall leaving this year. He's going to come back, start for a second straight year, and then I think at that point would make the jump to the NFL if he has another good season. I just don't see him uh, jumping ship at this point. I could be wrong about that, but it's just interesting to hear ESPN refer to that. Uh, the roughing the passer called that negated what would have been a third interception for Jaron Hall. It was actually the second in the game. I thought it was a pretty weak call, live action, watching it, watching the replay. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but re-watching the film of it, a number of you went after me about it, and I, I understand that on Twitter. You guys will hit him in the helmet. Okay, it's more of a letter of the law call than anything else, I felt like. The spirit of the law, man... I'd be hard-pressed to call that one myself, but I grew up in a different era of football. I can obviously admit that, but I understand why people thought it was the right call, and looking at it, absolutely, a letter of the law, it was the right call. Um, other things I took away, uh, Jaron Hall, that touchdown to Keanu Hill was a 54-yard pass in the air. He threw that ball from midfield to the 50-yard line, dropped it in there into a bucket. What a throw. But the funny thing was, we saw both the best and the most baffling from Jaron Hall. The decision to throw into double coverage late in that game and get it picked off, what are you thinking there? I know it's a one-man route, it's play action, you're supposed to throw it, but check down or, or figure something else out to do with that. That was just an awful decision. Uh, I'd don't get what he was thinking, but there are other moments in this game where we saw Jaron Hall at his absolute best, and that's kind of the thing with the NFL jump, is NFL talent evaluators are going to look at that film and say, okay, good decision, a nice throw on the Keanu Hill throw, but then you throw deep to Puka Nakua here into double coverage, get it picked off. That is just a buffoon decision to, to throw it that to throw into coverage like that. So we saw both the best and I call it the baffling, not the worst of Jaron Hall, but he did have both moments of brilliance and also buffoonery in this game. Uh, BYU's defensive injuries need to be part of the conversation with the defensive struggles. Let's absolutely acknowledge that. I just off the top of my head, I jotted down, uh, Chaz Ayu, Keenan Peely, Peyton Wilgar, Caden Haas, Lorenzo Fawatea, Jacob Robinson went down in this game. The injuries for BYU's top-line defensive starters absolutely need to be acknowledged. They have been duct-taping and bubble gum and using whatever they can get to get results out there, and we need to celebrate the fact that they won 10 games despite not having their top-line talent on defense for large stretches of this season. It absolutely needs to be a part of the conversation here. Uh, Also, Tyler Algier, uh, I mentioned him earlier on, his workhorse mentality, his ability to burst in traffic, just to pick up extra yards really to accelerate, is special, folks. I think he's headed to the NFL after this season. I, I would encourage him to do so. I, I, I know why BYU fans be upset at me saying that I would encourage that, but this is a young man who has given a lot of good games to BYU, and he needs to go make some money. 
The lifespan of an NFL running back is so short. They're so devalued right now. You need to go get as much money as you possibly can. I think Tyler Algier, he's proven everything I feel like he needs to prove at this level, but we'll see what happens there. And then uh, finally... BYU needs some R&R for a lot of their top-line guys. Algier among them. Pukunakua is getting up very slow after multiple hits in this game. A lot of BYU's guys have been through the absolute gauntlet. They have played seven Power 5 opponents. The injuries have taken their toll. The hits, the accumulation of those hits have taken their toll. BYU needs to balance both practicing and getting ready for a bowl game while also making sure that these guys get the proper rest and recovery to make sure that they're fresh as they can possibly be for that bowl game. It's a really thin line to kind of straddle there for BYU, but I hope they can do it because I, I want to see the best of Puka, guys at Tyler Alger, even Jaron Hall. I want to see the best of those guys when they go out in that bowl game. Uh, one final thing is uh, I wanted to give a shout out once again to Jackson McChesney for him to step off of the bench, uh, so-called cold off of the bench, and to do what he did, that is a young man who has been preparing all season long diligently for that moment. That is not something you just do out of the blue. You you have prepared yourself. You've been studying film. You've been having your body ready. You've been ready to go. It was phenomenal to see him step in. He has not seen a lot of action this year, but it was really, really cool to see him in a big moment step up. And uh, Those are kind of my takeaways from that win over USC. And If you guys have other takeaways you'd like to share, we did that postcast edition of the show uh, early Sunday morning. I did it late Saturday night. It was like 3 a.m. when I finally posted it. It was Really, really late, folks. But nonetheless, if you guys have post-game thoughts, feel free to share them with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. You can email the show, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com, or my personal Twitter feed if you want to reach out to me there, Jacob C. Hatch. All right, more in a moment. We'll talk some BYU basketball. What do I make of the latest win over Utah after going back on that one? And also, just the week ahead, two big matchups. And I, I thought there was one particular big matchup this weekend that held some intrigue, but both both games this week have some intrigue. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. And if you're a college football fanatic, this is what you guys need to check out. They are a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anybody else in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you may not have ever heard of. They offer any prop you can think of for these players. And the best part is you pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry. And it's just you versus those projected numbers. It's a really simple concept. Your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. Price Picks is safe and does offer fast withdrawals as well of your winnings. So get to pricepicks.com or download their award-winning app in your app store and get started there. Right now, you can still get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 by using the promo code Locked On. Yes, once again, pricepicks.com or download their app in the app store and get started there. Use that promo code Locked On for that 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at All Guard Pest Control. If you have pest control needs, All Guard is the solution for you here along the Wasatch Front. It's a local company based in Utah County, founded here, born here, bred here, and they do the best job that I have seen anybody do in the pest control game. That's what I love about it. Seth, the owner, has been a longtime proponent and supporter of Locked On Cougars. I'd love nothing more than for you guys to give them your 
business. If you have residential or commercial pest control needs, AllGuard has the manpower, the expertise, and the overall know-how to get the job done simply, quickly, and effectively. I can speak to it because they've taken care of my home, and I trust them implicitly with all of my pest control needs. Feel free to give them a call anytime you need them, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. AllGuard is capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front, even out into the Tooele and Wasatch County areas. They'd love to help you guys out. So once again, call them 801-851-1812 or go to their website, allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S. Make sure to tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you when you reach out. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Let's talk a little BYU basketball. The men's basketball program expected to move up in the national polls today. And by the way, it's really cool to see all of these BYU teams nationally ranked. The men's football program, I forgot to mention this earlier on, moved up to number 12 in the AP poll, number 14 in the coaches poll, and the NFF Super 16 poll has the Cougars sitting steady at number 13. Of course, the rankings that really matter in the football realm will come out tomorrow evening, the college football playoff rankings. I'm expecting BYU probably to move up at one more spot, probably be ranked number 12 in those rankings, but anything can happen, it feels like. And our good friend Jeff Hansen over at Cougar Sports Insider, if he hasn't been following Wyanon, he's done an absolutely phenomenal job with that and had a really cool uh, thing on social media yesterday if you didn't see it. Uh, just go search him out, Rakudu10 on Twitter. He's also on uh, TikTok and all that fun jazz. Jeff is just, he's one of a kind, folks. There's no doubt about that, and I'm proud to call him a friend and a compatriot in the media world. Uh, but other than that, BYU basketball after a 2-0 week, including a big win over a top 100 team in the University of Utah, I'm expecting the Cougars to probably be inside the top 15 when those new rankings come out today. You may be listening to this after those rankings come out, but I think that BYU should be top 15, and it actually sets up for a really, really big week for BYU coming up. Uh, the Cougars head to UVU for their Crosstown Clash, the UCCU Crosstown Clash over at the UCCU Center in Orange. A short trip for BYU, but as a road game nonetheless, will be the uh, second straight road game for the Cougars as they take on the Wolverines. Who, by the way, UVU is off to a six and one start, folks. They have uh, absolutely been phenomenal since losing their season opener at Boise State in blowout fashion, 76-56. They have reeled off six straight wins. They have beaten Pepperdine, who is a BYU compatriot in the West Coast Conference. They've beaten Long Beach State. They crushed Idaho, who's absolutely atrocious. Nichols State, not so good. Denver, eh, okay, but you cannot take away the fact that they are absolutely rolling right now. They have a lot of confidence and they have an absolute big beast in the middle in Fardaz Amac. He is a double, double machine and BYU's lack of size. You saw them struggle with uh, Utah in the middle. And uh, some of you pointed out to me when I mentioned that on social media that BYU out-rebounded Utah, and they did. Let me be clear about that. But the size of guys like Brandon Carlson... Uh, Dusan Mohorcic uh, before he was lost due to injury. Some of that size seemed to affect BYU early on in that game against Utah. And we can't take anything away. The Cougars made a nice run in the second half and got a big win up there at the Huntsman Center. The first win for the Cougars in the Huntsman Center since 2011. So it's been a decade since the Cougars won there. So 
there's some history for BYU in that win, but uh, the thing about going up against UVU, as far as AMAC, is going to make life miserable for guys like Gavin Baxter, Fusini Traore, Atiki Ali Atiki. They're not the biggest dudes. Fardaz AMAC is a man's man. He is a well-put-together human being, and Mark Pope knows who Fardaz AMAC is because he is the guy that brought Fardaz to UVU before ultimately Mark Pope moved on to BYU. So AMAC is going to be a tough opponent for BYU, but more importantly, UVU's got a lot of familiarity with the Cougars. You look at the roster for UVU, there's a lot of former BYU Cougars on that roster. I think none bigger than Connor Harding, the former BYU swingman. He is now a junior playing for UVU. Uh, of course, his wife is Paisley Harding Johnson, who plays for the BYU women's basketball program. Colby Leifson played for BYU. You've also got, um, I'm forgetting the guy's name that I'm looking at. Uh, Trey Woodbury had some interest from BYU coming out of high school. It's Blaze Neal. That's the, I should not have forgotten his name. Blaze Neal is their starting point guard uh, for UVU. This is going to be a UVU squad who's got a lot of gumption, a lot of motivation going into this matchup. And obviously Mark Madsen, the former Minnesota Timberwolves and Los Angeles Lakers sensation, he's got a very good basketball program. And suddenly that game over in Orem has a lot more intrigue than I thought it had to start this season. I felt like BYU would go over to Orem and obviously the history would write itself, the storylines with Mark Pope having moved from UVU to BYU after serving as an assistant for the Cougars under Dave Rose. But now, with a very, very good start for UVU, suddenly that game has a lot more intrigue. And then you follow that up with an, a third straight road game. you got to go to Springfield, Missouri to face off against Missouri State. Uh, they are 4-2 and two on the season, not off to their best start. They have lost to Southeast Missouri State in their season opener in a high-scoring affair, 99-94, before most recently losing to East Tennessee State. So they have not been off to the start, I think many of them expected. But in their wins, they're a pretty high-flying offense. So BYU has got their work cut out for them on the road here, but I do expect in both of these games, they will be a top 15 team, and if you go and win both of these games, suddenly UVU is a much better win on your resume than you maybe anticipated going into the season. Missouri State is expected to be at least a quad two win for BYU, so the Cougars, they've got their work cut out for them this week. But the nice part is I have seen this BYU basketball team win in different ways so far this year, and that's a very encouraging sign if you're a BYU fan because this is a program that Mark Pope has recruited and put together a roster that he believes can win in different ways, and they're starting to prove that. If they need to grind it out, they can grind it out. If they need to go in a shootout, maybe that's the one thing we haven't seen is a true shootout for this team, but... I feel like they've got the firepower. If Alex Barcelo needs to go and take 25 shots in a game, he feels like that is what is called for to win the game, I fully expect that he will turn it on and start just jacking it up and going Jimmer mode if the game calls for it. He's never going to force it, though. That is one of the calling cards of what Alex Barcelo makes him so good is he doesn't force the action. He lets the game come to him. Are there moments you'd like to see him take over and be a little more impactful? Sure. But when he decides to step up and make those impactful moments... They're pretty memorable. So some really, really good signs in the BYU football program right now. And I am really, really encouraged by this team and fully expecting them to be a top 15 ranked team uh, going into these matchups on the road this week. And obviously, you go 2-0, and you just like BYU football. So long as you just keep winning, you keep moving up. And that's the good news. Guys like Jeff Goodman already have BYU in their top 10. I think Jeff Goodman, his latest rankings have BYU number 8. There's a lot of believers in Mark Pope and the Cougars out there, and obviously it's some fun times with the BYU Athletic Department. And the good times don't stop there. We're going to talk about women's basketball and their back-to-back top 25 wins, as well as BYU women's volleyball and women's soccer. 
A lot of winning over this weekend and a lot of big matchups coming up later this week. We'll chronicle all of that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at NetSuite. This is it, my friends, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Disaster. But is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated outdated financial software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth, visibility, and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. And the best part about this, 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So you know that people absolutely love this software. So over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Yes, head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Once again, that's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. All right, folks, one more time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. It is here, the best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday, and at Built.com is the place to go to. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. And of course, brand new Built Bar flavors have just landed in time for Cyber Monday. I've had a chance to try some of these. Caramel Almond Delight, and it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized Chocolate Check Almonds check delightful double check and be sure to get yours before they're gone because it features 150 calories and 17 grams of protein packed in the bar and this season maybe you're craving white chocolate for a limited time go get a special news built bar puff flavor white chocolate cheesecake you heard that right white chocolate cheesecake the yummy protein filled treat with marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate that one only has 140 calories of 17 grams of protein tis the season to save and to give your taste buds the gift of built bar get to built.com for these incredible tasting bars because it's Today only, 20% off by using the promo code LOCKED20 at Built.com. Once again, promo code LOCKED20 at Built.com. Don't wait. After today, those deals are gone. We have been talking about a lot of winning here on Locked On Cougars today, and we are not going to stop as we round out this Monday edition of the show. That is because BYU Women's Soccer is headed to the College Cup, the Final Four of the NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament. It will be hosted by Santa Clara University, yes, the West Coast Conference affiliate uh, BYU's compatriot in the WCC. They are hosting this tournament, and Santa Clara is actually in the Final Four as well, and will face BYU in a matchup Friday, December 3rd at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. That is 7.30 p.m. Mountain time on ESPNU. It'll also be carried live, a radio call with Greg Rubel on BYU Sports Network, BYU Radio 107.9 FM, also streaming on the BYU Cougars app. Uh, If BYU does beat Santa Clara to advance, which they have history going against them, they have never won at Santa Clara in program history in West Coast Conference play. Uh, they would be moved. It's supposed to be played Sunday, December 5th, but because of BYU's no Sunday play policy, that match will be played on Monday with a time TBD. Uh, if BYU does not advance, that championship is still going to be on Sunday, December 5th. And I have every intention of watching BYU win that and hopefully advance to their first 
opportunity to win a national championship. I'd love nothing more than to see Jennifer Rockwood rewarded for her many, many years of steady leadership for the women's soccer program and get the Cougars over the top and have some hardware to celebrate with. But they've already accomplished something they haven't accomplished before. Making it to the Final Four is is an accomplishment for the program. Now, go out and shock the world. That's what I'd love to see for the BYU women's soccer program. BYU women's basketball had a fantastic weekend in their own right, beating back-to-back top 25 opponents beating Florida State, the 17th ranked team on Thanksgiving evening, and then following that up with a win over a narrow win, a one-point win over number 22 West Virginia to win the St. Pete shootout down there in St. Petersburg, Florida. I fully expect BYU women's basketball 7-0 on the season to get a number of votes, if not be ranked in the top 25 this week. They deserve it. Uh, Women's basketball is kind of weird though because you really have to make an impression before you get into those national rankings unless you're the likes of South Carolina or UConn where you're ranked in the top five annually, but we'll see. Uh, Those new polls come out today, just like BYU men's basketball. Be really cool to see the women's team ranked. If they do get ranked, I guess it'll be in the 20 to 25 range, but We'll have to sit back and wait to see how that plays out. But congratulations to the women's basketball program. Phenomenal accomplishment, 7-0 on the season. And they're a fun team to watch. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you have not watched Shaylee Gonzalez, Paisley Harding Johnson, Lauren Gustin, and the whole crew play hoops, you're missing out. Because the women's hoops program, they play a fun style of basketball. And I would encourage you guys to take advantage of that opportunity to watch that. Finally, uh, the BYU women's volleyball program ranked number four in the country. They are going to host the Provo Regional of the NCAA tournament, the first and second rounds at the Smith Fieldhouse this weekend. Uh, Cougars, a little bit surprising, only got the number 11 overall seed in the tournament, despite being ranked fourth in the country. Don't ask me. I don't pretend to understand how the machinations work in college volleyball, but I can tell you this much. BYU women's volleyball will take on Boise State on Friday. Oh, excuse me. They're going to take on UVU, excuse me, in the first round. No, they'll take on Boise State. Uh, UVU and Utah will square off in the other part of this bracket, this little quad that they have going on. The winners will advance to a match on Saturday for the chance to move on to the Sweet 16. I fully expect BYU to dominate both Boise State and then whoever they play of UTAH. Utah and UVU. I expect it'll be the Utes that they take on, but BYU is on a 20-match win streak. They're 28-1. and I have no reason to think they can't make a deep run in this tournament, and I feel like they got a little bit screwed in the seeding process, but nonetheless, hoping that they can advance this weekend, make it 22 straight wins, and hopefully make a deep run into this tournament. It'd be really, really fun to track that and continue to talk about it. As I said, a whole lot of winning going on in Provo. Why not celebrate it some more and continue to have it play out? Why not make it a no-loss November and a no-loss December? That'd be really fun. How about that? A December and November to remember, if you will. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you for your support of the podcast. As always, as we continue on throughout this week, we'll talk a lot about BYU football looking back on the regular season. And by the way, Congratulations, Lincoln Riley getting the new head coaching position at USC. That is one job that Kalani Satake's name had come up in connection with. We're going to talk more about Kalani Satake and the chances he may move on at some point this week as well. So a whole lot to come this week and obviously BYU men's basketball in action against UVU and Missouri State. We'll have it covered top to bottom for you guys right here 
on the podcast. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for your support. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Make sure to get over to Locked On Big 12 and get caught up on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Yes, Lincoln Riley departing OU and heading to USC. That's going to be a big talking point. Get caught up on all of it with Locked On Big 12 free and available on all podcasting platforms once we wrap up here. All right. That'll do it. Have a good one. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 29th, 2021. And we will catch you guys tomorrow. Thank you.